shit, I, you, you see the cold brew past noon, you know what kind of day it's going to be whenever whenever you get that shit in me. I, I don't know. I don't get how people do drugs, but now I do after I drink that cold brew afternoon because it gets me going. What's up, everybody? My name is James, better known as the Degenerate 75, here to break down the NFL slate this week like we do every week this week because it's an odd number week, lucky number 13. It's here on my station, but every other week we do it over on the Ship It Nation with Tambo. Let's bring him in. Tambo, how's it going, mother father? 13. They call it the Baker's Dozen. And that's, uh, I, don't, I was just looking to see if we do have Baker on this slate. It's just a horrible game later on with the Carolina Panthers. So maybe we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. It's going well. Could be going better, but it's going well. And excited to be back here with you another week. 10 game slate. We got some good games on this one. How, how was last week for you? How did it end up? I know we talked about a lot last week, but what, what did you end up on? Last week was just the cock tease of all cock teases. Monday, Devonta Smith I in the $100 single entry. If he just falls in the end zone on the play that he caught it at the one, I boat raced the $100 single entry because uh, I was the only one that had the nuts to play him at captain. Uh, played Jordan Love on Thursday, and I was just like, look how smart I am playing all Jordan Love. And then Dak has to just go throw 800 touchdowns. God, Lee, can you guys let off the pedal one time in the fourth quarter? And then I was actually winning the $100 single entry yesterday and uh, whenever it was on Mayo show. I guess that was Sunday. And uh, fucking that game goes into overtime. The Philadelphia game goes into overtime and lets Allen and, and whoever get the garbage points to pass me. So just a big week of cock tease. But, you know, it is the game we play. How about you? The loved one, very tilting. I forgot about that, so thanks for reminding me. But it was like, I, everyone's like, oh, how could you be on this? It was such a good spot. The early game, everyone was focused on Dallas. He does the job. You got him with Watson and Reed, not Watson or Reed. And you mix right. in Kraft, and you got all kinds of stuff going your way. And then Dak just goes and does that. I had a lot of Dak, too, but like those ones made it, so it wasn't going to be ideal. And then, of course... Curtis Samuel, after getting ejected for me at the King of the Beach, comes back and goes like nine for 120 or something and just crushes needed on the slate optimal. And then I was one of the OT guys. I was still like, if I didn't expect OT. It was a 59-yarder in the rain. But if it happened, I had opportunity. The last play, well, what, what could have been the last play of the game, Allen to Gabe Davis was for a FFWC seat. And the slate ended. That would have been the, the touchdown in OT. The slate's over. Like, there's no way to go back from it. Just need him to throw one to him or Shakir. Shakir was very unlikely in that stack to get that touchdown. So I said, my wife's watching. I'm like, he's going to go this way and cut right, and Allen's going to hit him. He's in motion. What happens? He goes this way, cuts left, and Allen throws right. I thought he had it, and then I realized they went separate ways, and I was like, oh, my God. So I'm glad, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one that watches my receivers and I'm like, all right, he's on the left side of the field and then I watch as many steps as I can before he goes off the screen. I'm like, all right, I want him to be throwing to the middle of the field because it looked like he's running a post. Yes. Right? And I'm like literally like sweating sweat, every friend. play to that yeah. level about like where the quarterback's eyes need to be for me to even get a slight chub going. Like that's where I'm at when I'm watching my dude. So I, I, I literally thought I was the only fucking weirdo doing that. It's nice to know I'm not the only one doing that. Same team, brother. Same team. We can, we can keep it going though. Those, that's like you said, it's a game we play. Nobody Nobody cares. Work harder. We talk about it all the time. I was in a good mood yesterday and even last night. The slate did not go my way, but still in a good mood. Back with you here again, ready to break down another one. Excited to get into it. Yeah, hey, uh, real quick, just before we get going, uh, Shipping Nation, things are going pretty well over there. I know, uh, of course, we got NFL going. This is probably the best time of year for fantasy. I mean, other than PGA being kind of down, but whatever. Uh, NBA's going, NHL's going, MMA slates, and you guys are doing content for all of that and tools, right? Yep, for sure. And if you want to get in, I know you always tell me to do my spiel. I'll do it very quick. But like you said, NBA and NHL right now, insane. The projections have been off the charts. We've got a new ceiling rankings tool up for NBA. It just soft launched today. So that's an incredible tool. It's only going to get better as the season goes on. We got people winning mega milli tickets in the NBA. We got people winning tickets to the 
FHWC for the Fantasy Hockey World Championship. Lots of other stuff going on. If you want to get into other sports that you don't have, put our two sites together, the complimentary pieces. And right now, the, the code that we had on for the holidays ended. So the cheapest way to get in right now is to use that code DGEN75. Get yourself 10% off and get on board. Get in the Discord and have some fun with it. Both Discords, yours and, my, and ours, is a lot of fun. So definitely think that's the best way to do it. I will. I have a big confession to make. I kind of miss NBA DFS, and I've I've, I've started to you know because I obviously I'm a member over at Ship It too, and yeah. I've been sneaking over there and I'm looking. I'm like, should I play tonight? And then uh, my host okay. sent me this thing. They're doing some weird thing that uh, they're doing like a five hundred thousand DK dollar giveaway today based on entries that you get in by six o'clock tonight, which is basically just NBA and hockey, I assume. And I'm like, mm, maybe I should go play some NBA. I haven't played in like two years, but it is kind of fun. I just you know we get so busy doing our sports that we focus on that sometimes those peripheral sports get left in the dust right yeah that's what happens for sure it's no different than me like i love our hockey stuff and i know it's good i see people winning with it i just don't have the time to dedicate fully i'm on the nba side of things that's where i move i move heavily into nba when the season ends of for nfl too so trying just to get my feet wet now and playing it and have some fun with that i got two tickets so far to the mega millie tomorrow night which is awesome because it's only a, a seven game slate usually the mega millies in nba they put like a 14 game slate all these people have tickets, so there's like everybody's like more ex enterers than usual, all that. But it's gonna be a lot of fun tomorrow, and it starts tonight. There's last chance tickets to get into that, so you should definitely hop in the NBA streets tonight. It's a lot of fun. Back when I used to play NBA, I always remember the sweet spot being like somewhere between a five to nine nine game slate. Those Perfect. were like the ones I liked. I didn't like twelve. I didn't like three. I liked about five to nine. Uh, uh, Cody Barry says, smash the like. I agree. Don't forget, Cody Barry is the legend that me and him split the ticket for $25,000 at uh, the players. Right? You know what, Cody? Maybe me and you should just do a lineup uh, at the players again this year uh, just, to, just to celebrate one year of great memories, okay? After. Uh, see some other people in here. ex Durka, my dude. Steven, you mother father. Thanks for being here. Let's see. Anybody else? Uh, uh, guys, be warned. Tambo is about 8,000 times better at interacting with the chat than I am. I just start talking, and at the end, I'm like, okay, now I will talk to these people. So you forgive me that I'm not good at this. Uh, all right. Let's see. Snoop-a-loop in the house. You love to see it. All right. Let's get to this slate. We got a 10-game slate. By the way, this is the solver right up here. Uh, if you're interested, me and uh, Tambo, we both, uh, our, our sites both post projections here. So if you ever want them, not only can you get the solver, you can get our projections loaded in there. Just use our landing pages, okay? Uh, first game up. Uh, wait, I'm not on the right one. I need to be on the 10-game slate. I'm, there we go. Now we're there. Uh, switch it over to these are my hey, by the way I wouldn't read too much into these projections these are just some generic ones we put in there for right now uh, let's go up first and let's get to this uh, uh, Chargers and New England game uh, I'm gonna let you lead on most of these um, so go ahead blow blow my hair back with this one Chargers in New England here this is my first look too so just going into it to see but like ah uh, man so 40 and a half total I was starting on a different game I had Miami Washington up but just let me look at this here for a second I think, uh, you know, we saw Ramondre last nope. week. I think that's going to be a topic. Again, if you look at Ramondre, he went, what do you have, 21 attempts. I know he missed the bonus by two, but he's been getting the targets. So now you look back at Ramondre Stevenson. Not only has he gone 21 and 20 in the last two games, you're seeing five, five, six, four, six, six targets in every single game. They're switching quarterbacks up every single time. Not sure it's possible to go to a quarterback in this game because Herbert on the other side, I don't have much interest in him either. But then Keenan Allen, I guess, will be a discussion piece for sure because as much as Eckler is there and you could see all that, uh, what is it now? 16, 16, and 14 in the last three games. A couple of them came with more touchdowns, but you're talking about yeah, just uh, insane, insane big-time scoring on DraftKings. So I think that's kind of the first two places I would be looking at here in this game. 
Yeah, it's so crazy to see Keenan Allen at nine thousand dollars and be like, "That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's not normally when I see Keenan Allen anything over eight thousand. I'm like hard pass." But it's just like every since uh, Mike Williams has been out, it's like no other wide receiver exists on that team. Quentin Johnson, you ain't that guy, pal. <laughs> like I, I was such a believer in him preseason. Just you know, I'd be uh, to be honest, it was mainly what I saw from his college football days. But it has not translated. The guy is hot garbage, and he does not get open. I think the one that stands out to me is Ramondre Stevenson. They are finally realizing that if they're going to be a competitive football team, they need to give the ball to their best offensive player, and that's Ramondre, and they're just giving him the ball in all kinds of ways. And to be honest, he looks really fresh, and I think a lot of people thought by later in the season he'd be worn down based on some preseason bullshit that he said about, like, you know, I get worn down. So whatever. Let's overreact. Yeah. Um, Overall, what I would say, though, is the Chargers, they just are allergic to being good at defense. So if I'm ever going to play New England, guys, I'm going to want to target them against the Chargers because they love to give up some points. Yeah, I think that's it, though. Like I said, you can't really be confident in the quarterback situation. So I think it's just going to be, which I wouldn't be anyway, even if they said for sure it's this guy starting, but, you know, Mac Jones or, or Zappi or whatever, I still wouldn't be interested in that. I'd be more interested in just playing Ramondre. So Ramondre, Keenan Allen, even as just a secondary stack, you don't need. You don't need Herbert with Keenan Allen. Like he can just rack up fifteen catches. Yeah, eight thousand dollars. Justin Herbert kick me in the nuts before I do that. Which brings me to this question that Sean asked over here, which I think is really relevant. Uh, Is it Justin Herbert or is it Kellen Moore? Like, what what, what do you think is the problem there? Probably more. I'm actually surprised. I know, like, people are waiting. They say he'll for sure be fired at the end of the season. I don't know why. Like, it's the opposite effect. Like, you could fire him right now. Who cares? And then move on. And and then versus like, uh, what was it like, Carolina? Or whatever, like you know, they're firing it, but what's the for the last X amount of games? Like you know where you're at. You said, like, what's the point in resetting all at this point? You're just going downhill anyway. So let somebody else go down. I don't know how how that stuff works. It's outside of my pay grade, but I I don't think I, again Herbert shows flashes, but I don't know. I I still think just more is bad regardless. So that that's kind of the issue. And the time, like uh, the reason I said him too. Just thinking back to the example of the last game, not calling the timeout. Or I can't remember if it was either they ran the play before the two-minute warning or they forgot they could have called a timeout and not rushed it. Maybe both. But either way, it was just horrible down the stretch with what was at stake and on the line. Don't even get me started on how bad uh, coaches are in the NFL at end-of-the-game management. Like, it, it, it's atrocious. You could get paid that much money and not have, like, basic 101 knowledge of, like, proper use of timeouts and clock management. Uh, how do you not pay a motherfucker on your staff to know that stuff? Whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Detroit, New Orleans, right here. Just, uh, like, when I see Detroit in a dome, even when it's not their dome, I just get excited. I don't know what it is. It's just autoplay for me. And so this game right here, I would tell you Chris Olave was going to break the slate for me uh, this last week, but then stupid Carr underthrows him and he cracks his skull open and then has to leave the game. Uh, and anyway, so I hope he's back, but I highly doubt it because I'm pretty sure concussion protocol, they basically never play the next week, and he got real messed up. But what are your thoughts on this game? I want to get the updates because I think like that's one of the spots I'd be looking is these wide receivers against them. But like we had both Olave and Shahid leave the game last week. A.T. Perry still, I don't think did anything. I think everyone was like, oh, we got all these guys out. We should be in good shape now. And then it still didn't happen. I think it ended up being Kamara. Two targets. Yeah, he got two targets. Yeah, I think it ended up being Kamara ended up having like maybe it was as many DraftKings points as I thought, but he ended up getting like five targets for 50, a bunch of rushes as well. But I guess on the other side, I I do have a little bit of interest here. And like you said, it's tough. It's still in a dome. Uh, You know, people make fun of Jared Goff, but they say you only want to play him when he's at home in the dome. Well, it's on the road, but it's in the dome. It's in a dome. So 6,500. If you were going to play him, to me, he's like Justin Herbert for 1500 bucks less. He's got, it's going to stand there. He's going to have to throw the touchdowns. But I will say this, 
uh, Gibbs has been, been getting targets like crazy. So while everyone will say, oh, New Orleans, horrible matchup on the ground, he barely goes on the ground. He's eight, he's 11, he's all that. It's eight, six, five, five, ten for targets. He can get there in garbage time. He can get there during the regular. It doesn't matter. And then the best spot, I think, here, just matchup-wise, and a guy that just has been incredible pretty much all season. Again, another good week last week. He's had bad games, of course, but I mean for what he is. Sam Laporta mm-hmm. at just 5,600. I still think that, uh, yeah, there's a guy, Nick Guthrie, smash spot for Laporta. I think he looks pretty good at 5,600. May pick up some steam because of that mid-tier pricing, but I haven't really analyzed the overall of the entire slate yet to see how it's going to go besides the obvious when we get there later with that uh, Miami-Washington game looking pretty popular. Yeah, Laporta was one of my favorite plays on that Thanksgiving slate. You know, people were overreacting to, like, him getting a couple, you know, some lower target games since Montgomery had been back. But, like, he is still definitively the second wide receiver option on that team, only behind Amon Raw. The dude's a talent, and they like to throw him the ball. So uh, I was never too worried about his role. Someone just asked another good question. Uh, what did I see? Something about uh, Kamara getting 15 targets. What do you think about that? Like, they're just going to throw it to him every play? Yeah, I think that is something to consider. Again, we talk about this all the time, but it, it is one of those factors where if if this, then that with these wide receivers, if they're out, then people, again, this is why when I say like people got to be careful looking at matchup based, we like, for example, we have the DVP rankings over at Shiva Nation. People look at them all the time. Oh, bad matchup. Can't play them. For example, with what I just did with Gibbs would work the same way opposite is like now you could see where Kamara actually becomes a wide receiver mm-hmm. and wide receivers actually play pretty well in this spot. So I think that would be the angle, but it depends on what the injuries look like, but definitely don't disagree depending on how it goes here. One of the things I love to do is when one wide receiver is out for a team, a T Higgins, a a, a Michael Thomas, I like to attack that team and play that team because some of that usage has to go somewhere, right? But there is a point of diminishing returns. If Olave and Thomas and Shahid are all out at some point, I don't want to play the JV guys. So uh, just be aware of that, that like sometimes you can have too many injuries to a wide receiver core and it makes them almost unplayable, at least in my uh, opinion. One last quick thing. There's massive tilt potential here. Big. T- it's always massive tilt with uh, with Taysom, Taysom yeah. Hill. Uh, tilt some Hill, maybe we call him. But either way, he's 5200 to a $5,600 um, Laporta in the same game. So no. where do you think people are going to go? They're going to go to Laporta because it just feels cleaner. The matchup's good. It's strong on paper. We just saw him play well again. His rookie season's been awesome. And then Taysom's there for 400 bucks less, meaning any Laporta lineup can be Taysom in the same game opposite. So keep that in mind when you're building out if you have all these injuries and, and we see what happens here. So you know, I don't want to be a weirdo, but if all these wide receivers are out for New Orleans and I do think that they can be competitive and score 21, 24, maybe 28 points, don't hate me for saying this, but I feel like a, a Kamara Taysom Hill stack seems like it could get there. I just feel like both those guys, if they're going to be competitive, if New Orleans are going to score points, it will largely be on the back of those two guys if that whole wide receiver crews out. And that's two guys I don't normally play, but I'm open to it this week. Yeah, don't hate it for sure. I'm with you. All right, Atlanta. All right, so now that we've we've talked about a couple games that are slightly enticing, let's get to one that makes us vomit in our mouth just a little bit. Uh, Atlanta at the Jets. Uh, the Jets are just the worst kind of team to target in fantasy because they're horrific on offense and they play very slow and very solid defense. So, like, it's just not a good, great team to target either in either direction. So, why don't you sell me on somebody? Because I'm not loving anybody here. Yeah, I, I don't see I don't see as much in this game as some of the other spots. But like, again, Bijan was a uh, I don't know if you saw this last week, but like every coach speak came true. Yeah. I've been talking about a couple other spots, but like it was like, oh, Derrick Henry, Vrabel, we got to get him the ball more. That's on us. Let's see what happens. Jalen Warren, 
Fuck J- that guy. Jalen Warren, um, Kieran Williams. Oh, he's healthy. We, you know, that's why. If he's full go and we think he is, we're going to keep giving it to him. Crush. He made it. He was there uh, in the first half. And Bijan was another one. They said, oh, later in the season, we're going to start getting him involved more. I uh, got 16 carries, six targets. He, he was really, uh, really involved. And I know what you're going to look at here too and just go and see, but like that is still the one spot that you can get after it. So I think there's going to be some chasing on Bijan Robinson. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but obviously we've got other plays on the opposite side. I think, again, it's interesting that, I don't know, it, it seems interesting to me that Atlanta is favored here, even though I get it and what we just saw with the, what was the name, Boyle, they're going to stick with them or whatever. Yeah. The defense alone could be enough here, man. Like th- this is the thing. The defense is so strong at home in New York. I don't know. Well, what's your take on the, this one? The Jets are going to win this game. That's the take. I promise you they'll win. Uh, here's a, I, I want to tell you something I did with Bijan, right? You probably have done this at PGA. You ever have that guy at PGA that you just get wrong and you get wrong and you get wrong? And you're like, I'm so invested in him at this point. I'm just going to keep fucking playing him until he hits. And then he finally hits. And then you're like, okay, we're now even. And now I'm not playing him anymore. You ever do that? Uh, I don't think I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but uh, for me I'm that's that's it. Kyle Stanley. Kyle Stanley and CG Pan are just guys I never get right, and I'm like I'm just gonna keep playing them until they finally go off. But that has been Bijan. I've been wrong on him so many times. He finally has a great week for me. I'm done with him. I'm dropping him like a two dollar whore. I don't hate it only because I think again the pricing is so good on him, quote unquote good on, on paper, where it's like oh he's still only sixty seven hundred. They're favored. This is the spot. Hey, even if they go down, we just saw him get six targets last week. Let's hop back on the Bijan bus and see what happens. And I don't know how that's going to go, but you got Brees Hall on the other side. Again, bad matchup on paper. If someone goes and looks up the rankings, the running backs against them are not going to see as strong of a spot. But again, it's more going to be like a leverage play, just the opposite side in that game. He's still been getting, look at this, nine and six targets the last two games. You would make the same argument the other way, wouldn't you? Where it's, again, there's nobody else. Like It's just they're done with these other guys. You have so many guys that can jump in. Like it could be Algier getting back into the mix. I I just have this feeling too. I will say from an overview before we go to the next game, I do feel like this is one of those weeks where everyone's going to think they got all everything figured out and the chalk is good and it's all great. And it's going to be a week where the chalk just blows up and does horrible. We're finally going to get one. And and what do you know? It's on week 13, right? That, that number, like you said, the like Friday, the 13th, I just have that feeling. It's how it's going to go. You're going to see people jump on Bijan it's going to be Algier or something along those lines. I'll, I'll look back at the show on Saturday and remember this, but I, I'm just thinking that off the top of my head. Uh, was there anybody else here that you liked in, in this spot? Like any I, of just, the tight ends I just think it's teams? criminal that Garrett Wilson is so good. Like he can still put up decent numbers in a historically bad offense. It's kind of crazy. Like I just, if he had just a average, like just the, the middle of the road NFL quarterback, I think he is definitively a top five fantasy wide receiver in the NFL. It's just, it's just so sad for him. He still might be. Like, it's yeah. just been pretty good. It's not top five, probably, because the actual results we have to bear yeah. in mind. But, like, if, you know what I mean? Even from DraftKings' perspective, 17, 18, 14, 21, 17, that's five of his last six. He's still getting all the targets. He's only 6,000. Again, the matchup doesn't really matter if it's just the guy they're going to force it to. So I, I don't hate that either. He's a guy that I would consider as well. I like that yeah. call. I wish this game were in a dome. I just get a little worried about December weather up there in, uh, in what, New Jersey. So we'll what, have to what see. Did, uh, what did Conklin do last game? Uh, let's see old Tyler Conklin. Where are you at boy? Not much, not much, but it, that's, that's the matchup on paper that I think people yeah. look at. I mean, too, and he's only five, 3, five targets. Isn't nothing though. I mean, like 3, when you're, bucks, three, yeah. 3,000 bucks. I don't, I don't hate that. And he's actually a pretty good football player. If you watch him, he's not just a, like, he's actually a specimen. He'll truck stick you. 
Uh, all right, let's get over to Arizona-Pittsburgh. Uh, Kyler Murray stacks. I, I went all Kyler Murray stacks this last week, and thank God for garbage time that those points count the same uh, because he ended up saving a good game late in the fourth quarter when he was doing his little mopey, I don't give a shit attitude. But what really stands out to me is Pittsburgh has a 23-point implied total for an offense that is, to be generous, anemic. Uh, is is this a Pittsburgh smash spot? Because there's a couple guys that I'm pretty warm that are due for some breakout games for the Steelers, and the Cardinals can help anybody have a breakout game. Yeah, that's the interesting part about this is if you could think it could get going back and forth. The reason I bring that up is because obviously the, again, more conversation last week, if you will, I guess we, I missed the Pat Fryermuth game myself. I had a little bit on, on FanDuel 4,900 or whatever, but not in the right spots. So that was kind of just one angle to look at it. But just to note Big game. the uh, Matt Canada firing, right? The OC yep. got out of there and I believe it was over 400 yards of offense that they put up. I wish this game was in Arizona. I think we'd see a bigger total and have a lot more interest, but yep. uh, it could still happen where you get this back and forth. And I will say this too, the prices are at least fair, right? Like if, if you look at it here, the price on Pickett, 5,100. Deontay, eight more targets last week. Pickens got involved. He was another guy, part of that coach. There is options here and they're 5K and 4,800. You use on the other side, you have James Connor, pretty good matchup, only 5,800. You've got Warren, 5,400. Forget the Najee stuff. And then you've got those other guys are still cheap, depending on well, what's the situation on Marquise Brown, too. I still wasn't sure. Um, I think he's still a Q-tag, right? He, I mean, no, he finished the game. He played the whole game. They just He just sucks. Like It's so weird. Him and Kyler both went to OU, and they have zero chemistry. Like Those yeah. two just do not play well together. Did you see the Friermuth bump here? 4,300 bucks. Wasn't he like 2,900 or 3,000 last week? Yeah, he, he was 2900 last yeah, week. Yeah, that's a massive bump. I mean, you rarely ever see $1,400 bumps for tight ends. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of the guys I really wanted to target. I still think Deontay Johnson, he's doing that whole whiny bitch thing that uh, NFL wide receivers love to do. But if we know of any position in the NFL that the old squeaky wheel gets the, gets the oil or gets the grease or whatever it is, I, I think Deontay Johnson is in line for a big game. And Arizona, I don't have Arizona. Like Cody's mentioned there, they're, they're one of the best against tight ends. Yeah. So you're getting a price bump and a bad matchup for for yeah. Muth. but again, I, it's not like that's to to James's point. Like I, no one's chasing Friermuth at 4300. Like it just can't happen. I, I don't, or at least I don't see it happening. Yeah. People Trim- know they that's one like kind of to your point earlier. Somebody knows that they missed it and they're like, damn, I can't go back to it now. So that maybe it does, but uh, maybe the chat is the flow chart for AZ back for tight ends. No, like yep. I, I've got it here. They're like the fifth best. Versus, to, to be honest, Pittsburgh's good against it as well. So uh, the previous spot is where we were looking at. Really, was it was uh what was the game just prior to this? New, New, New York the, Jets. Yeah. Atlanta is one of the worst in the entire league against the tight end. You can get Conklin for three K. That was the why I brought that up. Uh, just one more thing uh, that, that I, I have a pretty strong take on this. Everybody, you know, was hyping up Warren. We got to get him the ball more. And I fell for that stupid fucking coach speak. Uh, so mad at myself because at least part of my process, Tambo, is I just don't like to punt at running back on main slate. I tend to like to have the guys that are the leaders of the backfield. And so to play essentially a backup who I thought was going to get increased roles is really tilted my balls that I would play a chalky Warren in that spot. I'm telling you, I don't care what the coaches say. At best, it is going to be a 50-50 split between Najee and Warren. You have a different take on that yeah there was like the that was like the only coach speak last week that failed because they said they were going to get warren and pickens more involved and so like i said i like your deontay call here i think he kind of fits in the middle not going to a fryer move not picking between these running backs the other thing too i gotta see uh, like what happened with james connor because that's all i was going to say to mix in i'm I'm agree with you 100 but james connor is more expensive than both of them in the same game on the road as an underdog 
but I could see him being mixed in. I think he still had five or six targets last week. I was trying to get low. You know, here, just but- I watched that game very carefully. He seemed to get game scripted out pretty bad last week. So that'd be my only concern that if they get behind, he wasn't staying out there on a lot of the third down work. I don't know if he got banged up or something, but his ass just like Houdini did in the second half. He disappeared. Yeah, the Sean knows. That's the other thing. James Conner revenge game, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, by the way, there. Doug says that there's uh, some projected uh, weather up in the Northeast. I'm telling you guys, I factor in weather a lot. Now, I will say one caveat. When they're absolute stud teams like the Eagles and the Bills, that shit doesn't seem to matter. But it, I will let weather get me off of marginal teams. Uh, and if it's going to be rainy in Pittsburgh, well, that's, they're the definition of a marginal team, at least at fantasy. So that, that's, that's how I handle it. Are you a big weather guy when it comes to NFL, Tambo? And golf. Uh, you, yeah. You've got oh, me on that heavily. Golf. I've always been on that anyway. I like it, but I know you stick to it quite a bit. I definitely think it matters. Uh, it's tough, though, because it's like, one of, again, this is the other thing I talked about with somebody in our Discord today. Sample size. Like NFL, you just don't get a sample size. You could be playing. I've been playing DFS. You, you know, you play for, let's say, five years playing yeah. DFS. You still only have so many slates because it's only, what, 17, 18 weeks a year, some playoff slates, things like that. 18 now used to be less, I'm saying. My point is you don't get very many slates. So it's like, oh, but this time when it snowed, it sucked. And they're like, but this time it snowed and dude ran for three touchdowns. So it's like yeah, anything I, can happen. I don't, I actually, when it's raining and stuff, that makes me like running backs more. I definitely discount the, I, I, to me, weather can be incentives to play defenses and running backs, but it does make me get off the passing games more because passing games need, you know, you need a lot of things to go right. Uh, your wide receivers not slipping, the ball being easy to catch and stuff like that. So I don't let weather get me off of good defenses and running backs, but I will let it get me off of marginal offenses, especially in the passing game. And, and one quick thing on that too is that I also, to see i mean again watch a lot of the games as do you i know but like it's the same thing you don't see like everyone's like oh there's not going to be as many 80 yard bombs what games are you watching that seeing all these 80 yard bombs i'm, exactly, I'm seeing like right. none i think the t- i think the nfl is down like 100 it, plus no. touchdowns year except, over year except for dak in the fourth quarter then there's yeah. 80 yard touchdowns everywhere but other if than that a, they just don't happen if it's a so. dallas game outside and that's the situation <laughs> then maybe yeah you can get off of it but my so. point is for the most part all these teams use these short passes and check downs and multiple running backs to slice and dice and all this stuff where I just don't. And, and then when people do it in showdown with kickers, Oh, it's, it's windy out. There's no way they can kick field goals now. Well, what if they just suck every time they get to the 20 yard line and they just boot three field goals from each side? Well, now they're still needed and they're a better value play. So oftentimes that stuff is overblown. I know that's a joke that's overblown as well because it goes with weather overblown, get it. But I'm saying in general, I don't care about it as much for that stuff as I do for, like you said, like the rain and the snow and the defenses and stuff like that. They, they can really get involved in some of these certain spots, especially with bad teams. Make sure to hit the likes, guy. I want to get to at least 50 likes so I can do a, a, a drawing to play in the Millionaire Maker this uh, Sunday with one of you. Uh, all right, so moving over to the Colts and Tennessee. Actually, kind of a surprising uh, higher total than I would think for this game, right? 42.5 seems a little bit higher than I would expect for a game at Tennessee who has notoriously been sloggy this week. I think the big news here is Jonathan Taylor is questionable heading into this week. Uh, I've, I've even read some stuff that he's probably more likely to sit than he is to play, which will, of course, make Zach Moss just the mega chalk of the century. Uh, do you have any hot, hot takes on this game? Early hot take is if I listen to myself on Saturday, which is going to be hard to because everything is going to love and jam Zach Moss into my lineups, assuming all this stuff comes true with Taylor, is that it is it's what we talk about all the time. It's like one of the it's the harder spot. We actually tried this at the start of the season. Remember, we play the chalk against Tennessee all the time. I was trying to look it up. I think, though, is this has to be the second matchup of the season, right? It is. Yeah. So it's a second of a division game as well so it's another angle in there like what what did um derrick henry do the first time 
The first Not time much. he played Tennessee, I let's see. Now, I thir- 13 for 43. And I want to go back to Zach Moss Tennessee. on that one too, just yeah. to do a little dive here. Right now, when he played them, it was oh, this is the game. I remember perfectly now. He crushed them. Remember, this was the first game back. <laughs> 36 and a half points. Yeah, that's yes. pretty solid. So, so it was this was what was crazy. We just got buried on the early part of the season trying to jam chalk like Jamal Williams and guys like that against Tennessee. It never worked out. Then this game was set up, I believe it was week five. Jonathan Taylor's coming back or whatever it was. I thought it was week five, but either way, Jonathan Taylor's first game back, and then it ends up being Zach Moss' career game. Wasn't he only like 1% or 2% owned too? Because everybody was freaking out about Taylor coming back. Oh, They're like, sure. Moss yeah, is he dead. Was, it was like a, it was <laughs> he just exactly goes that. nuke. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I do remember I that I remember this well. now perfectly. So realistically, it is setting up to just be horrible, right? It's setting yeah. up for D- Derrick Henry to crush again. Like, are, are you more likely to go – let's say Taylor's out. Would you be – if you had to choose one of these two, obviously there's a lot more nuance to it, but I'm making you choose one or the other. Would you be more likely to play 100% Moss or 0% Moss? Zero. Okay. I think well, I'm very put your balls on the table. Right I respect that. I think at this point, again, he's going to be the price. They're going to have the old stuff to look at, again, which they now have the tape on and get to go watch all week. They literally just played them this season. Like they play each other twice a season. It's a division game, so yeah. obvious. But my point being, you've got that. It's not really the best matchup anyway. They can just clamp down on that. And I think I think the receivers are better anyway. Like I like these receivers. I like going back to Josh Downs, who is only 300 bucks more than last week. Pittman's only 300 bucks more than last week. I really like Derrick Henry in this spot. So, man, I, I feel like this is actually setting up well for where most would just jump on Moss. You have to yep. think, especially at 4,600. I think people even play both. So it's fine. I'm not going to play zero. Just so it's clear, you asked me the question. Yeah. If it does break out that Jonathan Taylor is not playing, I'll build my lineups accordingly because I have a portfolio. We talk about it all the time. Process over picks. When you have a process, you have a way that you set your stuff up and do it but to your question if i had one choice or for like if you are out there playing one lineup and have a single entry and it turns out that zach moss ends up being i don't know 40 percent in higher dollar smaller field or a hundred dollar single entry or less and he turns out that it looks like he's gonna be 40 percent and derrick henry is gonna be like 20 i would actually just flip the build and do it i did it last week in some taylor i played but in some builds i put rashad white and the tampa bay d on the other side just as leverage to the other spot. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on all that stuff. I you think see this a, question here on the uh, Eric uh, Wills ask a question. So is it smart to counter chalk with the opposing stud new here? Sorry if that's a stupid question. No stupid questions, dude. We appreciate it. Especially if they're about process like this. Yeah. So what is, what's the comparison here? Is it counter with an opposing stud? Like I wouldn't yeah, say Yeah, so Zach I think Moss. maybe he's saying, yeah, instead of playing Zach Moss, maybe you just go play the stud from the other team or maybe he means from the same team. So I assume, you know, like if you're talking about playing Derrick Henry, I don't really think that that's going to be necessarily correlated to uh, Moss's ownership, but I think a great way to get off Zach Moss is just go play Gardner Minshew stacks, right? Like not only could he be directly stealing touchdowns and uh, yardage from our dude Zach Moss, but like no one's going to own him because everybody will be playing Moss from that team. That right. to me is a way to like double leverage. Not only are you not playing Moss, you're playing uh, Minshew, who directly steps on the dick of Moss in most situations. Yeah, and Ilney got it there, right? Mind- you go right back to the well with Minshew. You load him up with Pittman. You load him up with Downs. You use Henry to speed it up on the other side. I'm not thinking this, to be honest, now that we're talking through it like this and seeing how the slate goes, I think a lot of players will do that because it makes sense on paper. And then other ways to flip it, like back to the original question, I, I wouldn't, I'm just saying, I guess you're calling Moss a stud play because at 4,600, if Taylor's out, assuming he is and it ends up working that way, then I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, usually you're looking for like similar price. Like last week was a perfect example. 
I gave it on the show. It didn't fully work out, but a lot of people were playing Jonathan Taylor. If you went to Minshew stacks, same thing we just talked about here. You actually also had Rashad White in that same game on the other side at lower ownership as a way to still mix and match. You were kind of double leveraging in that spot. You can do similar here. I just still think there's going to be at least a little bit of ownership to go with this. And I don't know if Jerry, Matt, uh, I, I mean, I, I like your I like your uh, statement here. I'm just saying it's, I don't know if people are going to see that as too much, but I do love that you're talking my language here. They're crossing the best buy pricing. It's <laughs> 7,100 and 5,100, not 6,800 and 4,800 like they were last week. So, um, and say they don't score enough TDs. It's, it's slate to slate. Like that, that's what I'm always saying. Like you just have no idea. We, we Deandre Hopkins didn't score any t- TDs until he scored three. Like it's, it's a game we play weekly. I know what you're saying, but we don't have any way of controlling that. So we have to just try and build for what makes sense. If it's a potential leverage on this slate, I'm going to be involved. All right. This, uh, this one, I just initially, I just looked at this game. I was like, oh man, it's a Sam Howell week. And then I just looked, he's 6,200 bucks. What the hell is Sam Howell? Why is he up over 5,900? I need that best buy pricing. Uh, I guess he has been remarkably consistent, but man, this just screams of a Sam Howell week. He throws the ball 972 times a game. You can check the math on that. And they are almost certainly going to be in a game script where they are going to be at best uh, uh, in a competitive game. And I think most likely to be in a script where they're behind. Miami is not as great on the road offensively as they are at home. But I still think that uh, this could be a really good game where Sam Howell is going to throw 50 times. And when you throw 50 times, even if you are marginal as shit, you can still have a 25 point game. Yeah, you nailed it with that. That's exactly the situation with Sam Howell. Uh, Price is up there a bit. It is scary. But like you said, that's part of it. The guys played horrible in certain games and still got 20 to 22 DraftKings. Mm-hmm. So shit, the weekend King of the Beach, when I played him, was horrendous. And he ended at 20.7. Like, it was right. still that. And that that was when he was at, like, 5,300, I think. Or maybe, I, I can't remember exactly, but my point stands is that it's even in horrible spots and bad games where he's looked bad, he still went. He was 6,300 that week, actually. So uh, there you go. So I'm willing to play him there. I think we'll see how this one goes. But what do you think the this common setup of this game is going to look like because Tyreek is 9,600. It kind of, it's not the same because we didn't like Buffalo Philly last week. You had expensive digs, expensive um, AJ Brown and expensive Hertz and expensive um, Allen. But in this one here, it seems tough to go like Tua with Tyreek with something else. You'll have to balance it out. So maybe does Jalen Waddle get boosted up here in this spot a little bit? Or how, how do you I, see this? I still think it's going to, I still think it's going to be Tua and Hill. I, I think that's going to be a very common start just because you can go right here to Curtis Samuel at 4100 and he almost gets you back to an average price tag just by throwing him in there. And people are going to throw him in there with confidence after he delivered so big on Thanksgiving, right? I, I personally think he's a little bit of a trap. I would rather be getting in there with some uh, with some Johan uh, Dotson or some uh, 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 Terry McLaurin, who I both think are underpriced. Um, to me, the better side of this to play is the Commanders with a, a Dolphins running back, uh, a run back. But the question is, who is the most most likely run back obviously hill and waddle um is, is a chan is he what 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 what's up with him he was out last week he's not on ir or anything like that right there's a no, chance he'll be back yeah i gotta look it up again but he did he i believe it was he just left the game right so not yeah. not expected to play for the black friday game and then it was uh I, I forget what happened after that i don't have it in front of me here but 
we'll have to wait on the news for these running backs, right? That's the yeah. situation if, here. If a Chan plays, though, it's like I just don't love paying sixty nine hundred dollars for a Chan or seventy three hundred for Mostert. And what what I like I was just describing, they're basically the Steelers backfield just on steroids, right? Like they're both basically going to play about fifty percent of the game, which I think kind of kills their upside. Yet I'm paying the price tag of a guy who's going to be playing eighty percent of the game, and I have to get it all done through efficiency with those two. And I never love counting on running backs to get stuff done through efficiency. Yeah, it says, too, that they held him out of the Black Friday game was actually just no setback, is what McDaniel said. It was just the setup of being cautious. So definitely something to keep an eye on and watch here. Mostert is 7,300. How, how much is he? I can't see your screen fully, but. Mostert is 73, a chain of 69. 69, there you go. Yeah. So that, that's what I was looking at. Sorry. But, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know how many people, like, extra cases, how plus one pass catcher, run it back with two Dolphins. Like, I, I don't know how we're setting this up yet, but. Uh, I definitely think you could just, I, I think the easiest way to get to Tyreek is that will make people comfortable with a 6,200 Sam Howell in this game stack, because then they can just make it happen that way and get away from it there. But I definitely think it's fine. Um, Here, here's what I would say about Hal, Jerry, is I, I feel like Hal is a guy that you almost certainly want to double stack on pass catchers. I've, I've really fallen in love with skinny stacks this year. You know, I used to just always be you always played two pass catchers with your quarterbacks, but as cheap as his pass catchers are and with the volume at which he throws, he could easily get 10 targets to both McLaurin and Dotson, easily get them 10 targets apiece. And at those price tags, if they're catching, if they're getting their eight catches, hopefully 100 yards, maybe they fall into the box, he can easily take two guys across the finish line with it. Uh, uh, so I, he's a guy I would be double stacking where some of these other quarterbacks I'm okay just skinny stacking yeah and what's the other uh, the other guy I was looking at here is anything going on with um, Logan Thomas yeah I was just I just brought him up a second ago I mean you know he only got his it was his low week on targets for him it was the first time he hasn't got five targets in a long ass time all the way back to week six uh, but you know he just had kind of a weird game four targets two receptions only 15 yards but, uh, you know, I, I just I think in this game he's he's out on the field a lot. He's running a lot of routes, and I think that they are going to pass the ball. I, I would literally bet over 45 times. That would be my guess. And what's what's the price on him? Uh, oh, Logan Thomas, 3,600. Very, very respectable. Price That's there. how you can do it, too. I was going to say, you could definitely pick your guy. Or, uh, to Jerry's point there, I would actually rather it this way. I would rather just bury the tight end spot, which already, you know, isn't the greatest anyway, and just go Howell, Thomas, with Tyreek, Howell's cheaper than Tua. Thomas keeps the price down overall on your average, and then you're able to get your guy. And you can put Waddle in there instead too. I actually don't have a problem with Waddle. It's just it's you got to have like last week where it's Smith instead of AJ Brown. Last week was insane because as what I talked about earlier with that Buffalo Philly game, it was so expensive to make it all work, but it ended up just being that the cheap versions made it work. Like Gabe Davis crushed and Devontae Smith crushed. That's just a perfect world. Normally, you don't get that. You get the two expensive guys crush, and it was hard to get to. Hey, here's a good question from Matthew Benoit that I think you would probably be a, a bit more of an expert to answer. Negative correlation to stack quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or a good way to get different. What do you think? Yeah, de- no, no, like again, you can check for correlations, stuff like that, and it's oftentimes going to be on horrible sample sizes. All those, oh, they're so bad together. They had these two games over the season that it worked out this way. The sample size sucks. I play it together all the time. It happens all the time. It's definitely a way to get different because most people go in their optimizer and set a rule to avoid it completely. And again, it's a one game slate. Anything can happen. It's same as people in their bag when they're looking for matchup stuff. Oh, but this guy's going to shut this guy down. He's the best cornerback in the league. And then so we did it with Tyreek earlier in the season at certain and he's saying peace in the second drive or something like into the, into the end zone. So I set up a ton of these stacks. I think they're great. Uh, you know, Minshew Taylor, 
with someone else last week. You could play, you know, again, they didn't all work out. I'm just using examples of how you can set them up. But you see I, it with the Camara used to drag Drew Brees. The best stack ever used to be Camara uh, with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. That just right. dominated for a whole season in NFL DFS. That worked. And then you've got uh, back in the day with Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and uh, what's his name? Who, who was the uh, the running back there we used to play all the time? Le'Veon Bell? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, Bell. So yeah. it's like, again, you can definitely do this stuff um, no matter what. And again, remember, a lot of the field are just setting up rules against this completely. And so you already can get a leg up if this is the way it goes. Dak checks down sometimes. All these different guys do. I call it a one and a half stack, and I really like it with certain teams, right? To me, the the most optimal team to do a one and a half stack is the 49ers, right? I like to play Purdy and then McCaffrey because McCaffrey gets so much volume out of the backfield. He's almost like a hybrid wide receiver. Yes, he's still going to get you the running back portion, but he also gets you, you know, he's basically playing like a half wide receiver. And then I go finish it off with Ayuk or Debo or Kittle or somebody like that. I call that a one and a half stack. So I will play that, especially with the proper teams that have a running back that kind of plays that hybrid role where he's going to get his good volume out of the backfield rushing and pass catching so yes i do think those are very positively correlated and yes it does get you building a lineup different than everybody else and if you hit if you get a team that scores 35 points it can be nutted i was just going to say that it helps to know the game a little bit too because if you have an idea of what you just said there that's kind of really what it comes down to is like if you can see it makes sense and pricing matters too it's a pricing game sometimes when purdy's price is up there iuk's price is up there and CMC's price is up there. Well, now you're asking a lot more out of that stack. So the price would become more important to me at that point than if it could actually work. We know it could work. Can I afford it and make the rest of the stuff work to make me be happy with my actual finished product of a lineup? I never thought I'd live to see this day, but CJ Stroud, $8,100. My God, (laughs) it's just so crazy. I mean, he's good. I get it. I'm not shitting on him. The guy is producing. He's unbelievable. But man, it's just so crazy to see CJ Stroud in the same air as as Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes, right? That, That we now have to consider him that level of quarterback, at least according to his DK pricing. Uh, but the problem is, is he's getting almost impossible to stack because if you want to double stack him with Tank Dell and Nico Collins, you ain't got no money left, Bob. You ain't got no money left. Yeah, that, that becomes the problem for sure. But it's the prices, I think, warranted at this point. Yeah. From what we've seen, it's annoying that it's up there, but it is what it is. And then you look at the matchup here at home, big mm. total, pretty condensed the way he does things. Like it, it's really all you can ask for. And it comes down to just how you can see it all fitting together. So. Uh, to answer your question, I mean, there's definitely ways to get after it here in this spot. And then you've got good matchups even on the other side where Denver can get their guys involved too. So I definitely could see a back and forth. We do have to, I think, to wait and see, like, uh, what, what's the situation with Noah Brown right now? I mean, they, he's listening as questionable here on the this, so I haven't heard. But, he, you know, when he plays, he's he's freaking good. Like, when he plays, I think that that is, a, a, like, a pretty solid negative towards Dell and Collins because he gets probably 20 to 25% of the usage when he's active. CJ Stroud be liking that dude. Yeah, I was trying to see if there's any updates on it, but nothing. I'll tell you, though, this is one of the bigger totals on the slate. Hell, it might be the biggest total at 47 and a half. That's a, that's a big total. We know this game, I mean, it's in a dome. We know Houston has been great at home, and Denver hasn't exactly been a defensive juggernaut, but I will tell you, they have been getting slightly better recently. Maybe that's just because they're playing shittier teams, but uh, they, they seem to be trending in the right direction. To me, it just feels like a game where I'm going to try to come in and get that one Houston piece and just hope that they're a usage monster. Rather, that's Tank Dell or Nico Collins or maybe even get weird and try to hit one of the running backs or Dalton Schultz or something like that. But, man, I, it, 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 to just completely fade this game just seems scary as shit to me. 
Yeah, I like that second angle you took. I was actually going to say that. It, it, it's the second highest total, I think, after Miami-Washington. So oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. from that perspective, Schultz just absolutely buried everyone last week. He's 5,000. Great spot for him. Denver definitely gives it up to the tight ends. And then you mentioned, the, the chat was asking earlier too, the challenge with the running back angle, it's probably going to be great leverage based on how the slate goes and people wanting to get involved in the passing game more, especially if Noah Brown is back at 4,500. Even if he's not, Robert Woods is still there at 3,900. Not saying they're going to be super owned, but just saying people can find a way to stack this up and be happy about it. So I'd uh, probably be interested in some stacks here, but if I was leveraging it and just getting like a one-off in this spot, I would be pretty interested in that side of it where you go to uh, just Schultz or something like that and just waste a, a position play on a onesie position like the tight end and, and use it there. The chat's asking about the rust side of it. Yeah, that's why I just bringing up Steven's question here. Definitely a good matchup. Uh, all, a lot of quarterbacks that went off against Houston. So uh, Russ is 5,700. Yep. I want to wait and see, though, what happens. I can tell you this for sure. If Stroud gets even at – I know it's 8,100, and we just validated why it's fair for him to be at that price. But if Stroud gets to um, – again, quarterbacks never get extremely owned. But if he gets to like that 10 to 15% range and enough people are going there and leaving Russ at like 5%, then I would – have more interest in the rest who, side because I always like the opposite side. Who you, are you, you stacking know? him with? Like that's the I'm just looking at all his wide receiver stats. He just doesn't throw the ball to anybody consistently. So it's like, I, who do I feel confident that I'm going to stack with Russ? I, I would just go Sutton. Uh, yeah, probably, I mean, he's, you know what I mean. Sutton or Judy. Judy's down to 4,700 now, but I feel better about Sutton to be honest. And Sutton still had himself a decent season so far. I, I mean, again, last week wasn't the greatest, but 16, 18, 19, 15, four of his last six. Like he can still get that going. At 5,400, again, you don't have to double stack. We can just get yeah. after this game and you go Russ with Sutton and pick your Houston guy and then build the rest of your lineup around that. So I definitely think there's a possibility, but someone mentioned it too. Like this slate, we don't have much else, right? Like and, and uh, Russ is running the ball a lot more, right? Three of the last four weeks, he's had eight plus carries. So, you know, if he could just manage to run in one touchdown, get you 30 rushing yards, throw a touchdown or two, he could easily get you to 22, 25 points. And for a 5,700 quarterback, that's kind of nutted. So he probably only needs to take one wide receiver with him to get there. If you can luck sack and get a rushing touchdown out of him. He needs to do a little more for sure. We got to get one, one more out of him. Like he's not doing enough but he's doing something. So it's like, yep. if he can just get that one extra touchdown or rush one in or something like that, added on top of the other stuff, definitely think that's a possibility, but I, I don't mind the rust to Sutton play at least early on. So I'd, I'd want to see that. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's get over to this next game. Going to the afternoon games, uh, the Panthers and Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Tampa Bay, it seems like they would be in a good spot here playing the shitty-ass Panthers, but part of me just thinks they're going to get ahead, and this is just going to be the most boring 21-10 to 10 game you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, Rashad White firmly in play again, 6300 yeah, For sure. The price is good. The matchup's good. I think people will be onto that, but that's fine. De definitely good there. Uh, going the other side, it is interesting. Like it's a, Again, we talked about Houston. Well, we love the Tampa Bay-Houston game that week. Now it ends up like any game that Tampa Bay's in, it's kind of good to match up against, but I just have such a hard time clicking. I know his price is, oh my God, 4,900 now? Yeah. Still too high. Still too high. 3,900, oh I'll give him God. some consideration. I got I the even... show with Mayo back finally doing a show together. It's been a, it's been a week or two, or a couple weeks now, actually. So uh, interested to hear his takes on that because now you've got Thielen back down to 6,600. Where he needs horrible. to be. Where he needs to be. Sure. But man, this this is actually, I'll see where the week goes. This is sad scene when we're talking about this. I know it's only Tuesday, but man, 
4,900. That, that's something. And then Thielen, 6,600. Tampa Bay on the other side has options. I, I think it would just do that, though. I think I, I honestly think that's the build. If you want to do it, you, you yep. just do Rashad White yep. and you do Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. It's slimy, but in, in a big field, I love it. I really do. He's, yeah. he, he he could even accidentally have a big game. I just want to answer Steven's questions real quick. Hey, I, first of all, over on the archives on the Discord, I have all kinds of things on how to do the solver, but the best advice I could give you, Steven, is when you're trying to get better player exposure, go bump up the variance, right? Go put that number around 20 or 25, and that will help you get your desired exposures more than it will just simply optimize the best versions of the lineup. That would be my advice for you, brother. And just to add, then you can do stuff with the min-max after that. I like that first piece, but then then you could say, oh, well, now it's giving me 12% of yep. this guy who I don't really want. Well, now you can just go put his max in at yep. eight, and you'll yep. you'll probably you say, still Mike get him Evans, I want at least 20% Mike Evans at minimum, and then they'll put it in there for you. And then when you have rules with Mike Evans, it's going to be with, let's say it's only, you're only, let's say you might not be, but let's say you're only playing Mike Evans with uh, Bryce Young or Baker Mayfield or something else. I don't know what it could be, like a, a secondary stack. If you're using him that way, you could also set that up, and that'll push it up a little bit more as well. All right, another really, really good game. I cannot believe this isn't a primetime game. Uh, we have the 49ers and the Eagles. Uh, we already saw the Eagles in these competitive games. Don't mind quite the shootout, do they? So uh, the, the total on this game, actually a little lower than I would have initially thought. I thought this would be probably up in the upper 40s. It looks like it's in the mid 40s. Uh, initial thoughts from this game. Yeah, it looks good for Purdy on paper for sure. I mean, everybody that's going against Philly – has just been absolutely crushing. I wondered though, will pe I guess my initial thoughts would be, are people going to steer away from McCaffrey? Because one, he's still 9,000. They kept yep. him at the price a, a little bit. He's down somewhat, but he's up there. Uh, he was actually, he was 8,700, which was nuts on a three game slate on Thanksgiving, but still um, 9,000. And you look at that and the matchup's bad, but again, it's not really how he's used. He's not a standard, just jam it in type running back. So I think that's kind of interesting to look at. It looks way better on paper for like Purdy, the receivers, uh, even, you know, going to the tight end, stuff like that, and, and then run it back on the other side. And then the other angle is to the pricing at wide receiver. Are people just going to say, oh, Devontae Smith, 7,300, that's 1,500 less than A.J. Brown, had a good week last week, let me stick with it, when in reality I think you still want to go back to A.J. Brown. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of like this game. I think everybody else will too. What's the total in this game? 46, uh, 47? Yeah, 46 and a half it looks like. Okay, so yeah, it's still up there too. So yeah, I think this is good. They could have flexed this game, I guess, like you said, but I yeah. you've got uh, everybody's favorite Packers and Jordan Love coming off a decent looking game versus everyone else's favorite Mahomes. So I guess that's why. But man, Cincy Jacksonville on Monday, junk. Like man, this is okay. This is one of those games where it, like I'm really going to be watching the weather because I loved AJ Brown last week. I was like I've got to play AJ Brown and then when I saw it was going to be raining during that entire game, I was like I don't love this passing game. I cannot pay $9,000 for a guy that could be affected by the weather. And when you go look at AJ Brown's stats last game, I mean, he didn't have a very good game and it was largely because the Eagles could not throw the ball. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen both ended up having really good games, but they did it largely with their legs. So if if AJ Brown if I can see that Philadelphia is going to have some nice beautiful weather Sunday afternoon, He's just a guy I just feel like is due for one of you know his thirty six point monster weeks. But if I see that the weather's bad, like that's gonna, I'm not gonna pay a top of the line price for a guy that's going to be playing in a game that won't have optimal conditions. That's just that's how I use weather, guys. Yeah, it's like twenty three thousand dollars just of note of your salary. It's almost half your salary just to play Purdy, CMC, and Ayuk. So that's what I'm saying. Like people forget price matters. Yep. So you have to calculate that in and. 
like look at the stacks last week. You didn't need to do that. Like if you went Allen, but you played him with Gabe Davis and Shakir and run it back with Devontae, who was much cheaper then too. Like you could actually get away with something like that and get involved in that game. If you think like that this is the ultimate nut spot, you have to have it. There's just no way. This is definitely the game of the day. Mix a bunch of stacks around it for sure. But again, remember what you get cornered into as well. Most of those builds will have, assuming let's see the Taylor situation goes, but Zach Moss at 4,600 makes it work. You just end up cornering yourself into the same build as everybody else and need all these guys to hit their ceiling in that spot. So I don't know. I'll be looking to separate it some. I just don't think you need a double stack it either. Like that's yeah. people just get so little I, shit. The Millie Maker winner the last two weeks in the twenty dollar didn't stack at all. That's the new. <laughs> that's the new thing. If we're making fun of it, but the truth Galaxy is, like, again, Brain, Galaxy Brain play. Everybody looking for this super expensive price matters on double stacks. Like was there games in Seattle back in the day where Russ Lockett and Metcalf would go off? Sometimes. But the price mattered. You had to pay so much for Russ and for and for Lockett and for Metcalf back then. It was actually so much better to just single stack it. So, so again, another thing, just people, it's a huge leak in people's games. Think they have to double stack yep. everything. You, it's I usually I only double all. stack when they're affordable. Like I, that's why I've fallen in love with the skinny stack because I just don't want to have all my money tied up into one uh, one thing, right? So that, like unless yeah. that's why I'm open to a how double stack this week because he's just so cheap to double stack. And, and with don't this. take it the wrong way because my man Jay Steele, who knows his stuff, is in here saying, "I hope everyone stops stacking. No one's stopping stacking. No one's telling you to stop stacking. We're saying people are stacking wrong." People are making mistakes with their lineups. They're, they're costing themselves too much, forcing themselves into a situation where not only do they need the ultimate outcome of Purdy, Ayuk, and Debo all crushing and getting there, you need all the other pieces to go right. And even if it does go right, you probably have a similar lineup build as everyone else because you used all the same cheap value that they used to build said lineup. That's I've, the point is what I'm trying to say. You're, you're overstacking even though you're not. You're doing, oh, it's just a standard double stack. No, the price matters. You have to figure out the price. This is a huge leak in people's wow. games. I'll stand by it. Where they do this, they force it, and they're hurting the rest of their lineup by doing that. So it's not telling you not to stack. It's saying that you can get away with a single stack in a lot of places where people are trying to, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that, or it's not going to be this. You, you don't have to do it. Have you heard anything about Goddard? Andy asked if the Goddard will be back. I, I've just seen questionable, so it seems like probably a 50-50. Do you have anything that I don't know about? No, I could look it up, too. I didn't see anything else this morning, though, when I first saw right. it. So. We're getting close to one. Let's get through this last game, which I, I got to tell you, the Rams are, are a good offense when they have Kieran Williams. I knew that heading into it. I put all my chips in on it this week because I'm just i telling you, Matthew Stafford is not a guy who can carry a team anymore, but when he has a good running game that teams have to respect and he can do those play actions, he's still a legit quarterback. And I knew that they were just missing Kieran Williams. He is notably better than the slapdicks they were rotating in there while he was out. And I think Stafford's hand is getting a little bit healthier. So I am very, very warm to the Rams anytime they play at home in the dome. And I don't give a shit about uh, Cleveland's defense. There, there's, that's my take. Um, go ahead and tell me I'm wrong now. No, I don't have anything against it. I'm, I'm reading the chat still, just looking at some of these comments. You know, I love reading the chat, but I, I don't. I don't have too much in this game because I was focused on on the other ones. But I feel like we have other good spots. I don't know. If going back to like how popular do you think Kieran Williams is this week at seventy two hundred? He'll be really popular. I do think this is a, a strategic week to fade him. 
uh, just because the Browns do, uh, you know, they are pretty good against the run. And I think that you're going to see Nakua and Cup get theirs this week, whereas last week, Kieran Williams was just getting all the variants and all the touchdown variants that came with it. But like Puka Nakua is still very involved. Uh, Cooper Cup, when he stops pretending to be injured every play, will be fine. So, uh, and Higby is another guy that I think is going to see some negative touchdown correlation. So to me, Nakua down to 7,000 is pretty interesting here. Um, but I'm telling you, the Rams in the Dome, when they have a running game, still have a very good offense. Puka Nakua is going to be catching those big 25-yard crossers all day. And the dude is, uh, I mean, he's legit. He's legit. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, price is there. It makes it 7,000, 7,800 7, for, yeah, for Cup. So I think, again, I don't know if people are kind of getting tired of Cup now just because they're not getting anything out of him. And then they see the big Kieran game. But that is interesting. I know it's a different position, but it's only $600 more to go from Williams. So like, oh, you can only look at last week, 41 points versus nothing for Cup. And Cup's been sucking until that flips. And like I said, I just, I, I don't know. It's a, this is a gut feel from playing from a long time. It's not saying it's going to come true. It's just my feel is this feels like a heavy week of chasing for a lot of people out there. And they're going to be very disappointed when it's all the leverage plays around them. So you have to be strategic with your builds. Doesn't mean don't you don't fade all the chalk. That's not what I'm saying. Like people will just have to focus on that. As I always say, it's not who you play, it's how you play them. You can play chalk in some spots and get different in others. There's other ways to go about it. I just think that you have to consider that when you're looking at it. And and I definitely could see it this week where it's going to be certain spots that people love that it ends up just being the leverage play in the same game. You're in the right spot on the wrong guy. We see that all too often. All right, guys, if you've enjoyed this solver that I've had up here, you can always uh, get not only the solver, but my projections and my ownership, or you can use uh, the ship. It's also they do. They post them on there, too. You just use our landing page and get signed up. Uh, it's you know, you're not paying hundreds of dollars a month. It is an incredible deal for it. Uh, we have it for all the sports that I do and all the sports that ship it does. You can get them. Also, you can come check out my site, dgen75.com. If you don't know about it, I don't know what you're doing. Big shout out to all my winners this week. And I have a little tool called the Rosetta Stone, which I put out for every single PGA, college football, and NFL one. If you've ever wanted to try out my site, just go sign up for my newsletter. Let's support DGN75 Note on Twitter, and they will get you hooked up with a free week. And don't forget, me and Tambo are having a meetup in February at the Waste Management. So be there. Be planning on it. Get your shit booked. Um, and we will be at the tournament and doing everything. So just start planning it, and then we'll get it all locked away as golf season gets back. Tambo, do you have anything you want to end on, brother? No, it's going to be a good one. I actually just, uh, you know, like I love these first looks where we can actually break it down, see some of these things, get the ideas of it. And it does look like a pretty juicy slate just based on some of the stuff where people will be scared to go in some spots and people will be really happy to just load up in these other spots where they feel very comfortable with it. So I think it's definitely a slate you can use to exploit others and be able to find yourself a way to the top. So I do like this slate quite a bit, actually. Editor, go ahead and do the drawing, which I already forgot about. I should have already had you do that while I was doing a rundown of all of our shit. For all of you, uh, it looks like we got up to about 60 or 70 likes. Editor is going to draw one of you. Just simply reach out to me on Twitter, or if you're already on my Discord, just reach out to me over there Saturday night after my stream, and we will build a lineup together, which we will put in the Millie Maker, and I will split the money with you. Have not I, We actually had a lineup finish in the top 1,000 this week, which may not sound that impressive, but I'm pretty sure that's in the 99 percentile. Doug Craig, there you go. You are the winner, Doug. Reach out to me. Guys, I appreciate you being here i will be back tomorrow night for the emergency stream because tiger woods is golfing this week bitches and you best believe i'm doing the stream i gotta go for right now thank you to tambo for being here thank you guys for being here i will talk to you later enjoy this outro